though. The Braves have won 14 in a row, the Yankees are looking unstoppable, and the White Sox continue to have questionable mishaps. We'll talk about all that and more coming up here on Total Bases. Alright, welcome to Total Bases here on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. I am Mark Marino here with Greg Marino and Dom Pastrito, and today is Friday, June 17th. So, the big news in baseball is the Atlanta Braves, really. Uh, really impressive 14-game winning streak. It's everything you really only see, like, once a season in baseball. Yeah, and, I mean, you know, they're coming off a World Series with, like, they just won the World Series last year, so I'm really not... It's not that surprising. Like, they definitely have the talent. Mm-hmm. I personally think they were underperforming, and I think a lot of other people did. Yeah. But now they're really just picking it up. I mean, even Ozzy Albies got injured, which was a big blow to them, but they didn't really even seem to notice that. I yeah. mean, I they know, just kind has, of looked pretty unstoppable. It has only been a few games since the Albies injury, but you know, in baseball, typically one player won't have too great of an effect. But I mean, they've really completely transformed their season. They were 23-27, and 27, just looking bad. But now with a 14-game win streak, they're 10 games over 500, currently holding the wild card spot in the NL, and also only four and a half games behind the Mets for the NL East. Yeah, I mean, they've been gaining settling on the Mets, and I don't know if they're going to win that division. I personally think they will win that division. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Yeah, I also, I, I've kind of been calling it all year, no matter how good the Mets are, I am still convinced that they will topple. I don't think the Mets are going to win this division. Four and a half game lead in June, that's not going to hold. Yeah, Greg as, and I have kind of said yeah. all year that we think the Mets won't be winning the division. Yeah. As uh, And also, I wouldn't be surprised if they missed the playoffs altogether, too. And I know that that <laughs> seems like a really long shot right now, but you can't come up with six NL teams who could theoretically get in the playoffs ahead of them. I think the Braves, Cardinals, and Dodgers could win the divisions, and the wild cards could be any one of the three of these four teams, Phillies, Brewers, Padres and Giants so I think Mm -hmm. there's definitely Mm -hmm. like a route in which the Mets make the playoffs and I think it's gonna happen you mean don't make the playoffs yeah in which the Mets don't make the playoffs and if it yeah I'll kind of make that bold call and say it will happen even though right now their playoff odds have got to be like over 90 percent I think there's really only six good teams and I know I think the Mets are one of the six teams so I I really don't see it happening I really think it's gonna be Mets Braves in the east Cardinals, Brewers in the Central, and Padres, Dodgers in the West. So you don't have the Giants? I can see why you don't have the Phillies as a good team, but you don't have the Giants as a good team? No, I'm just not really big on the Giants. I feel like if you look at kind of how they've had success this year, it's been kind of random. Like, I, I don't really believe in, like, Tyra Estrada, and I feel like some of their pitching I don't really think is going to hold mean, up. that's so really well. what, what we said last year, and, you know, they got 107 wins, mm-hmm. so... And also, it is important to note that ever since the Phillies fired Joe Girardi, they have been really good. I mean, they're eight and two in their last ten. Yeah. They're now over five hundred, and they're just they're pretty hot. Yeah, right? and I mean, they ha- they had like a nine game winning streak, I think, something very long, a long game winning streak before yeah. they lost a couple. And yeah, so I really think there's a case to be made that the Phillies, you know, with Bryce Harper. Yeah, he, Bryce Harper's been playing like an MVP. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, their whole team has just kind of been playing really well ever since they fired Girardi. I yeah, mean, I don't know yeah, if that's, that's just. A coincidence it was a not, specific but. thing that seems to have kind of turned them around, firing Girardi. So I think that there's definitely a chance that the Phillies you know, put up a good second half and make the playoffs ahead of the Mets. I know they're eight and a half games behind the Mets right now, but I kids picture a reality which they finished ahead of the Mets. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's going to happen. I mean, right now it really looks unlikely. So like, Greg and I probably sound yeah. delusional right now. Yeah, and I, and I know you're also probably thinking, like, well, the bets are, you know, soon to get Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer back. But, like, 
Jacob deGrom in past years has equaled anything but a winning team. So This is very true. Yeah. So, I mean, like, yeah, not exactly. I'm not exactly just going to come out and say that the bets are going to collapse because they get DeGrom back. But, like, generally, like, DeGrom isn't really, like, a sign of incoming wins. Well, you can also say that about Bryce Harper. If you look at him over his career, huh. like, he is, like, his teams have always really underachieved. I think yeah. you could also say that. So, about like, him. I'm not really into the Phillies so much. And also, more importantly, I just don't think they have a very good roster. You know, their bullpen is bad, their defense is bad, and all they really do offensively is slug. Yeah, staying staying on the NL, I think it's interesting that the Brewers, the Milwaukee Brewers, have not been playing well lately at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're actually 2-8 and eight in their last 10 games. Mm-hmm. After they were, I mean, they really seem to be cruising. They were, headed, they were first place in the division. Now they're second place to the Cardinals. Um, maybe it has something to do with Freddie Peralta, one of their better starters, getting injured. I don't I don't really know exactly why. I mean, I don't know if there's one reason for that, but, I mean, they really have not been yeah. performing it, well lately. I still think they're going to make the playoffs. They're still five games over, and I really think, like, somehow the Pittsburgh Pirates are in third place in that division, which just proves how horrible that division is. So, yeah. like, playing that bad of a division, I think mm-hmm. they're going to, you yeah. know, end with a relatively respectable yeah, record. I, they're currently out of the playoff picture. But, yeah, there are three absolutely horrible teams in that division. So just looking at the talent on the Brewers and Cardinals and then the ridiculously easy schedules they're going to have going forward, I feel like they have to both get into the playoffs. Yeah, but it's just it's a little surprising to see them playing pretty badly lately. Yeah, I, I feel like they really rely on great pitching, and their pitching hasn't been so great. So yeah, especially if with, they're giving up runs, they're just really not going to win a lot. Especially with, as I mentioned, Freddie Peralta getting injured. Yeah. So is Christian Yelich ever going to get back to his old form i really don't think so I mean, and i remember we were talking about like a, a kind of a group of guys like yelich bellinger bregman and all these guys have continued to struggle there's kind of been like rendon throw him on that yeah list. and anthony rendon although he was good in 2020 I, mean, but I, I feel think like, i think there's an explanation for alex bregman i mean if he doesn't know what pitches are coming you know it's it's a little harder to be good so i think that's yeah. kind of the explanation right there but yeah, yeah. cody bellinger christian yelich i mean these are two guys who were in the mvp conversation every year they, they were I the mean, two guys well, in the nl yelich for a couple had two of years. Great years but i feel like it might have been due to like the juiced ball that he had that legendary 2019 I mean, and now yeah, the like, ball isn't juiced anymore. He just isn't really able to take advantage of things. You can make a similar argument for Bellinger, kind of. Like, when you were talking about great hitters in the NL, it was Yelich and Bellinger. I mean, they were kind of the kings. Yeah, Yelly and Belly, like, they had the commercials uh-huh. together over who's going to win MVP. Like, it was all that. Uh-huh. Yeah, and now they've really just fallen. I mean... Yeah, like, Gleyber Torres also falls into this category. Like, I feel like there's some guys that simply haven't been able to adapt to, like, yeah. the... the the post-juiced ball era. Felipe Torres is spencing back a little bit. He's I, yeah. now. Uh-huh. I don't know if just the ball would do that. I yeah. mean, it's the same for everyone. And also, it doesn't really change, you know, your swing or your approach at all. I mean, it's just like the ball. So I really don't know if that's I think, an explanation I for I all think of that. it could be, but I'm not so sure that I'm into it being about the ball because, yeah, I like, think the ball actually all these the guys that I've kind of talked about are, like, really fly ball reliant guys. Like, they're all, they're all very interested in the launch angle and hitting the ball in the air, like Yelich, Bellinger, Bregman. So maybe like that just isn't really a style that's as good in you know twenty twenty two. that yeah that that really is. That might be point. one thing, but I mean they have really fallen like quite a bit. Like Yelich and Bellinger are now you know yeah. really just horrible players. Like not yeah. not like solid. Especially Bellinger, he's a, a bad baseball. Yeah, player they didn't right go now. from like the top to the middle. They went from the top to the bottom, like mm-hmm. literally. Yeah. I mean they have not been good at all. And it's really kind of surprising to see. And you know, we we thought all thought they might bounce back this year, but mm-hmm. you, that has not happened so far. I mean they still could, but 
it really doesn't look like it's going to happen. So it's, like, it's pretty surprising to see. The Brewers do have like the ability to make some good moves. I feel like they're going to obviously have to get some offense at the trade deadline this year. I feel yeah. like there, there are places to go for offense. Like I think you have Josh Bell with the Nationals. Mm-hmm. I, I guess they have Rowdy Tellez, so they might not need a first baseman so much. But like, I, like pretty much every bad team has like a good hitter. I feel yeah, like I a lot know. of the bad teams are being bad because of like pitching more so than offense. Yeah, I don't know if the Nationals like, would consider trading Juan Soto. Like that, yeah, that's that, interesting uh, because I, I mean, haven't really heard any like official rumors about it, but it would seem to make sense to me for them to do that. It's interesting because we really don't see guys like that get traded. I mean, usually we just see them sign huge exertions, but seeing as the Nationals are really just not a good team right now, I mean, they are yeah. they are probably one of the worst teams in baseball. Yeah. And, I mean, Soto, he's kind of already had his moment with them. You know, he, he won the World Series with them in mm-hmm. 2019. Like, Yeah, I do think that that is something. It could. It's, it's tougher to... It, I think the Angels could never think about putting ways with Trat since they've never had success with him. They have to, like, hold out... Nor will they ever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like... Yeah, so like the Nationals kind of had their yeah, moment. They with had Soto. their success to yeah. Like that makes it more palatable or to the Soto. fan base to, to treat him. And this division also yeah. is so strong. Mets, Braves, yeah, like Phillies, two really good teams. That should be really good and, and the Marlins are on the upswing as a fr- yeah, the Marlins have some young talent. I don't think the Phillies are long term yeah, going to be I'm a great really, team, but it's not like they're going to be a bad. You team may say well, soon. say they sign him to like a ten year extension. Maybe their the rest of their team catches up in five years. But by that time, Soto is probably not playing a- as a lead of level. I mean, I think, I think he'll still be good. Yeah, I, mean, I think right, he still could yeah. be. He's I mean, really he's at young. peak value right now, so, like, yeah. also, you could you get a lot from yeah, him. Yeah, also, you trade, trade him now when you're paying him very mm-hmm. little and a team mm-hmm. who gets him would still have a lot of control over yeah. him. I think he's still got a I few years left. Honestly, they probably should have traded yeah. him this offseason, but it's become even more obvious now than it was at the start of the year that they're a terrible team. I, trading Soto could be mm-hmm. the turning point for their organization, and, in terms if depending on what shipment they can get yeah. back for him. I mean, which you could probably get what big. like six prospects for that, like six high level prospects, like seriously. That's could, not at all. Crazy yeah, I mean, like I think he's probably would be one of the best trade pieces traded in recent years. Yeah, so even because he's both like actually one of the best players in baseball, but then also not having a big contract yet at all, and also with a few more years of control. So you may look at other years where, like, yeah. oh, like, you know, like, Max Scherzer got traded, but, like, you know, a lot of the time these really star players who are getting traded, the team getting them is only going to have them for, like, a year or two. That's when the Mets, I still think, should have traded Jacob deGrom a few years ago. Yeah, yeah no, I, I agree. I think I really, if I were the Nationals, I would trade him. I don't know if they will. I think it, it's interesting. Like, they might. Because they very well might at the deadline, and that would be really interesting. Because obviously, whichever team gets him would, you know, get a huge offensive boost. Yeah. So I don't know. That's that's kind of interesting. Moving moving on, though, we've been talking about the NL for a while, and uh, as we mentioned in the intro, we kind of have a lot of things in the NL to talk about. One of them is, of course, the absolutely on fire New York Yankees, who are just being one of the greatest teams in really all of baseball history so far this season. Yeah, it's a win loss record. They're forty seven and sixteen, which is means they're on pace now obviously doesn't mean they will either but they're on pace for the best record of baseball ever that just kind of proves how good they've been being i mean they yeah. just swept the tampa bay rays they, yeah, they swept kind of well i think is their number one biggest division rival in the race so the blue jays are currently in second place ahead of the Rays. yeah the blue jays might the Rays, the blue jays might, actually. Uh, might prove to be a tougher you know yeah. challenge but i think right now it's all in the rearview mirror for the yankees 10 games out 
pretty much everyone's 10 games behind the Yankees in the AL. Yeah, I mean, they've got, you know, I mean, they're just really cruising. Like, they're st- starting pitching. It's been the story. Their starting pitching's been the story. You know, Garrett Cole, of course, but then Nestor Cortez, you know, everyone's heard about him. But, I mean, Jordan Montgomery's been having a great year. Jamison Tyon's been having a good year as well. I mean, their rotation, Luis Severino, they're, all five pitchers in that rotation are just cruising this yeah, year. I think I think that really is. So, if you're the explanation. So, if you're trying to explain why the Yankees, and the Yankees going into this year, we're expected to be a good team, maybe win that division, probably make the playoffs, but now they're just absolutely dominant. I think it's because people view the Yankees as a team with a good offense, good bullpen, in kind of average starting pitching. You know, Garrett Cole at the top, but then not a whole lot behind him. But Nestor Cortez, James Centalion, those two guys really are having elite years. Jordan Montgomery's yeah. having a great year. Yeah, and then year not as to well. mention Montgomery and Severino really being pretty good. And no injuries to the starting pitching either. And Cole's been fine. Yeah, he's had a few bad starts, but he's generally been typical yeah. Garrett Cole. So Yeah, I mean their rotation yeah. is really cruising and then you know, never mind Clay Holmes at the bullpen has just been one of you know, he's been really the biggest story yeah. for relief pitchers this year. I mean he's yeah. been I think it's now a twenty nine scoreless inning streak, which is really unbelievable. I mean People are saying that when Chapman comes back, you know, Clay Holmes should remain the closer, and I 100% agree with that. I I don't really think Chapman should ever be like... Yeah, I mean, none of us have really ever thought that Chapman should be a closer on any MLB roster. The guy's just a head case who blows games. Like, that's his number one character. We're seeing what the Yankees are with that Chapman, which is a team that, you know... It's like... There's a lot of missing Chapman blows in this season. Yeah, so, like, as a Yankees fan, I watch a lot of Yankees baseball, and it's just, like, you kind of get used to, like... Every so often, a win will be turned into a loss by Aroldis Chapman. He walks but, the bases loaded, gives yeah. up a grand slam, yeah. or walks in a couple runs. And throws a wild yeah. pitch to end the game. Something yeah. horrible like it's that. It's always really like all him just being absolutely disastrous and being unable to throw a baseball accurately yeah. as an MLB player. I mean, he even does it in the postseason. So, like, I yeah. really don't think he deserves a spot in the closer role yeah. if, you know, a spot on their roster yeah. at all. But now he's been on the injured list, and really, I think that's been good for the Yankees. And I really think, as surprising as this is going to sound, I really think the biggest weakness is their offense. I mean, of course, they have Aaron yeah. Judge, who's really on pace, obviously, to, you know, win MVP. He's, he's just currently being... the MVP. We'll see if he keeps it up. There are other good players I mean, got, behind him. He's but, got 25 homers and we're two weeks into June. I mean, that's yeah. ridiculous. If the season were to end today, he should be a unanimous MVP. But obviously, a lot can happen, so you can't really call MVP now. But yeah, the rest of the offense behind Judge isn't that great. They've, you know, Stanton is playing well. Yeah, Stanton's playing very well. LeMahieu is... He's solid, solid but yeah. not you know not yeah. great, not quite what he was in his 2019-2020 form. But you know he's still you know solid yeah. leadoff hitter for them. Yeah, but other than that, really, I mean like Gleyber Torres is having an okay season. Josh Donaldson's not having that great of a season. Rizzo's been pretty good though. His stats really aren't that. Yeah, great. Rizzo's stats aren't great, although he's been p- very clutch for them. Yeah. You know, he just had a walk off homer yesterday. But I mean Joey yeah. Gallo really, I think yeah, really, that was really the horrible move. Really, for that's Ryan the Cashman. problem that I think they've got. A few too many just really bad players. Actually, Matt Carpenter is worth mentioning as someone on their offense who's been outstanding I mean, they, as they, a yeah, just kind I, of mid-season like pickup. Matt I really Carpenter, think they lucked into that. He really personifies their season. Like, yeah. just Matt Carpenter showing up and being a dominant player. Yeah. You could have seen that coming. Like, I, mean, I mean, whoever the Yankees triple-A for his baseman has just really got screwed. Like... Like, why is Matt Carpenter blocking his ability to, like, yeah. have any chance yeah, Matt, of being called up? Matt Carpenter having a great... Also, Jose Trevino. I think Jose Trevino is the other guy who just... No one saw it coming. The backup catcher is hitting, like, over 400 in the last month. 
Yeah. Like, Jose Trevino's having well, a Now he's their main catcher. Now, well, you're not going to be the backup catcher after you're hitting 400. And Kyle Higashioka, their other catcher, is, like, hitting, like, you know, like, in the decimal points. Well, I like kind of disagree with you guys are something. saying about, like, they've got too many terrible hitters. Like, Joey Gallo really isn't that terrible. No, Joey Gallo is the worst hitter I've in baseball been, right now. He should not be on a major that's league That's just, like, roster. a silly thing to say. I mean, you might think yeah, but that, but like, everyone was saying in the trade deadline last year, Rizzo and Gallo are the great assets. I think Rizzo's a great asset. Joey Gallo is a horrible asset. The thing about game. Gallo is his stats are right now absolutely horrible, but he's even worse than that because he's really bad in every way. Like, the guy hasn't had a sacrifice fly in years. But he also never hits it a double play. So, like, his style that's of just baseball... Because, that's just because he strikes out. You can't really credit him no, for not hitting into double plays. It's just because he strikes out. He and basically leads baseball in strikeouts every year. He has two career, two career sacrifice flies, yeah. which is just ridiculous. I mean, his RBI world. total, like, I remember until a couple weeks ago, he had, like, six I RBIs. You don't look at RBIs in a small sample size as being know. that meaningful. It hasn't been that small. And I, I really I think you can't say like he's just off to a bad start, but... This many games into the season, it's a really bad start. Yeah. Gallo, oh, he's, he's got him out of there and, and honestly, bring, in, bring I, in Ian Duar for the minors. Even even in this they day don't and age, they have really that many holes in their lap. Like, I think the Yankees are like a complete team. The you know, the back half of their lap is better than most teams. And like if they don't win the World Series this year, that's a disappointment. That's kind of what I've been. I agree, and to I think. Here. Although I will say about Joey Gallo, you know, I think even in this day and age, when batters when batting average is still you know. You know, league average is like 240 for average. I don't think, if you bat under 200, I don't think you deserve to be in a starting lineup. And Joey Gallo is a career under 200 batter. I mean, he does not deserve to be in anyone's starting lineup, even if it's the Kansas City Royals. He is a horrible but player. Like, yeah, he and should not be on that he, team. He's a low average guy, but by the same argument, you could say, like, no one who, like, is a very low power guy who doesn't hit a lot of homers should be in the lineup. I, I, I think Gallo's just not hitting homers, not hitting, getting hits. He's doing nothing, and it's been too long. He needs to go. You know, All he well, does is strike out. I feel right? like what you guys are, like, Ignoring that gal is that we should probably move on and talk about something else. I was actually about to say that, so we've screamed about Joey Gallo. I don't know if you guys can tell, but like you know that we're on air, we've screamed about Joey Gallo. But it's actually kind of been like in the last few weeks, whenever the three of us get together to do whatever, generally the topic of Joey Gallo has come up, and we've been screaming about it. So, like this is what we do in our spare time too: scream about Joey Gallo, not yeah. just on the show. We actually have to limit it on this show. Yeah. You like personally, I would kind of like to spend the last four minutes screaming at Gallo, but we're gonna move on and talk about the White Sox, who, though they have won their last three games, have really been in rapid decline this year and are currently under 500, three games out of the third wild card, which is kind of like a lowly playoff position to be three games out of. Yeah. And, and obviously no one expected this from them. Yeah. yeah. They've had a lot of injuries, and obviously Liam Hendricks is the latest guy to go on the aisle. The bullpen's been pretty bad this year, so losing Hendricks is a... That's really concerning. Yeah, that is, that is they've a had big. a lot of injuries I mean, Liam, Liam Hendricks is one of those relief pitchers who, when he's really going, can be a game changer. Like, yeah, which is something of, you can't say about a lot of relief pitchers. One of the most notable things, you know, in these mishaps that Mark mentioned in the intro was... Uh, a few days ago, Tony La Russa, so they're playing the Dodgers, and there's a runner on first. Tony, Tony La Russa intentionally walks Trey Turner in a 1-2 count. So, you know, he's got two strikes on him. And then the runner on first steals the base, and, okay, first base is open, I'll give him the intentional walk. Maybe you could do that in an 0-0 count, or, you know, a 2-0 count. But li- a one, you got two strikes on him. I really don't think it was a good situation to do it, even if... Even if- even if, hitter, yeah. even if the next hitter, even if the next hitter hadn't hit a three-run home run, Muncy was really having a terrible year, but he is a power hitter. 
you don't just like put an extra guy on base to potentially you know come around on a three. Yeah, also what happened. Trey Turner is not the sort of player you want to intentionally walk. Generally, you want to intentionally walk extremely good hitters, and Trey Turner is a good hitter. But I feel like there's got to be some home run threat for you to intentionally walk. Yeah, but Trey Turner, like it's not like he's just a single hitter, but that's kind yeah. of what he does well. And if he get gets a, a single, singles. like yeah. don't give him a walk when all he's gonna do to you is get a single. Yeah. And a single would be better than the walk and with then, the runner not in second, mention, but still. Not to mention, how do you get the count to one, two, and then intentionally yeah, walk? Also, you can't ever walk anyone. If you just look at baseball statistics, hitters in a one-two count, I think batting average from that point on in the at-bat mm-hmm. is under 200. So I'm sure it's the same for Trey Turner, even if he's a good two-strike hitter. There's no way you can ever justify walking someone in a one-two count. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, this is completely yeah. disregarding the fact that Max Muncy did hit a three-run homer. Yeah, and then Max Muncy absolutely got him by hitting the three-run homer, which is just really actually kind of funny. It it, it is funny, yeah. But that that like that like I think it was a bad move, and then like it got punished to the fullest. I think this is just kind of an idiotic decision by Tony Larusa. Yeah, it was. Like it's just a horrible decision. What are you doing? Why would you ever do that? Yeah, and then there was another recent White Sox mishap where Luis Robert got thrown out trying to tag up from second to third on a sacrifice fly down by two runs in the 10th inning. So that's one of those things that can't happen once in your whole career, Luis yeah, Robert. Because, it was the type of thing that obviously yeah. like, you have to, the whole inning, like you started the inning on second base, you have to like kind of yeah. know not to really so, try yeah. anything. So to give you the situation, yeah, it's yeah. runner on second base, one out, down by two in the bottom of the 10th inning. And he tries to tag on a fly ball to deep left field, mm-hmm. which gives the left field a short throw to third base. Absolutely horrible baseball. Luis Robert is meaningless. It doesn't matter what base he's on whatsoever because they're down by two and he's only the first run. So yeah, and with it, I feel like we saw some and crazy mistakes, like mental mistakes by baseball players. Like we see it from time to time. But this was one that he should have been aware of making yeah. sure he didn't yeah, do Yeah, that it. was just well, really... I mean, generally, how did the thought not enter his mind? I... I shouldn't try anything yeah, even remotely. Generally, managers risky. say mental mistakes are worse than physical mistakes, but then of mental mistakes, yeah. ones where, like, you need to think quickly and in that quick thinking, like, screwed it up, uh-huh. those ones are not as bad as this. We're like... He, sh- he should have been sitting there 10 minutes ago thinking, on a fly ball to left field, there's no way I'm going to move. Yeah. I mean, yeah, on, like, any fly ball to anywhere, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, that's going to wrap up for this week on Total Bases as we're out of time, but we'll be back again soon with more baseball talk here in Total Bases on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM.